0: started we're two-thirds of the way through this particular exercise of issues that get in the way of an eruv besides the ones that are sort of ad hominem if you will i don't trust your rabbi i don't think he's very reliable you know things of that sort um which become they become part of the ugliness of uh of sometimes of uh public disputes but i mean where a person could legitimately say I have no quibble with your Eruv, your your fine shomer Shabbos, everything else. But I don't use the Eruv because I happen to define things differently. Now, one of the two areas we're investigating, and it's by no means exhaustive, but one of the two areas we're investigating is the definition of Rishut HaRabim. And as we saw last week, and I'll bring it up right now, as we saw last week, um, that Ein Ma'arvin Rishut HaRabim, right? You cannot make an Eruv in Rishut Abim. Now, we I'm, I'm going to remind you of a couple of the sources that we saw last week that are going to become critical for us. Um, one of the the sources we saw indicated that Rishut HaAbbim has to be 16 amount wide. We saw several other definitions um, that we're going to actually come back to in the main star of this session is a long piece by the Eruv that deals exactly with this problem with modern-day Eruvin I'm 20, beginning in the 20th century, all over Europe, all the major towns at Eruvin. One of the lines that opens things up is this line here in source in source three, uh, that leads to source four, and then it's connected to source five. In source three, just to remind you, um the Gemara asked, how come, because we have a bright that lists the desert as a Rishut rabim, and another Breitah that doesn't. And the reconciliation was, the resolution to that was, Khan bizman Yisrael, shirin bamin bar, kan bizman When Am Yisrael was camped in the desert, it was a Rishut rabim. Today it's not. And Tosfut there in Source 4 says, it sounds a little bit like it's not Rishut rabim unless there's 600,000 people there. In other words, that the model is the desert. Now, that sounds far-fetched, uh, except that we saw two things. First of all, we saw that uh, in Source 5, that if you carry, and we saw this in the Rambam also, if you carry in a roofed in Rashut HaRabim, you're not chayab. So you can imagine, uh, like I mentioned as an example, let's say there was going to be a big festival uh, on Broadway, and it was inclement weather, let's say Macy's Day Parade, but without the balloons and they so they set up a bunch of tents going imagine broadway let's say from 42nd street down to 34th and they set up tents over the whole street no traffic tents so everybody could be underneath it and the tents are very high so the floats could get in uh except for dumbo and everybody could enjoy it without getting rained on and snowed on or whatever right so toss what says so the gomorrah says you're not have if you carry now of course thanksgiving is on thursday so it's not Lumaise, but. Uh, you're not you're, you're not Chayev because um, it's roofed in, and then if you see it, the purple at the end of the purple highlight at the end of Source 5, the bar because it's not like the encampment in the desert. The encampment in the desert, of course, without roofs. It wasn't a roof over the Ushitar beam. Uh, the clouds don't count. Now, that's part one, uh, part two, actually, of building this building of the uh, permission to create a roof in our modern cities. Um, so part one is simply the statement of Tosfot that says, it sounds as if you need 600,000 people because the definition of a Midbar being Rashid to is not just how big and wide and expansive it is, but how many people are there. And last week we talked about the Mojave as an example. Um, here we have a, a second piece, which is that if there's a roof over the area, you're not chayab because that's not like the desert. So the desert's the model. The real clapper is a Breitah that we saw here in source six in the fourth parak, which indicated that all of the malachot of shabbat are based on the work and construction for the mishkan and they said so they planted certain things in order to grow herbs for the sheven mishcha. you can't plant they um they tied down the curtains you can't tie they untied the curtains too you can't untie etc and they built the mishkan you can't build they tore down the mishkan in order to build it somewhere else okay you can't tear it down and then um the the part that's in that's in source six which is in blue font with the yellow highlight is the part that that's germane to us the levim would pick up the boards from the ground and put them on the wagon so therefore you can't bring from reshuta abim to reshuta so it's clear from here that they're seeing the ground meaning the encampment at least the encampment where the boards were, as Rishitar, as Rishitar Now, where when are the boards on the ground? When we've taken down the Mishkan, and the boards are lying on the ground before we put them on the wagon to move them to the next place. And the next one was, they took them from the wagon to the ground, that's when they got to the new location before setting it up. They take the, the boards off the wagon, put them on the ground, then they construct the Mishkan. So you can't take from Rashutar Achid to Rashut abim, which means they're defining the wagons as a Rashuta achid. We talked about this last week. And the ground is Rashut Rabim. So now we have three different elements that seem to indicate that the definition of a Rashut abim for issues of carrying on Shabbat is defined by being modeled after the desert experience. Number one, uh it has it can't be roofed. Number two, the suggestion that there is a numeric minimum, which is a huge one, before it's defined as Meshut Abim, And the third one, which is um, the, that the model of carrying is based on the Levim and the boards and the wagons and the ground where the Levim are. Now, before going further, I want to ask something that I did not mention last week. Where were the Levim standing when the Mishkan was taken down? The answer is very simple. They were standing in Machane Levi. In the camp of the Levim, because if you remember, I mean, those of us who are 400, four four three thousand years old, remember it actively, right? If you remember, the way that the camp was set up is you had four camps on the outside, meaning four camps that made up the bulk of the camp, right? Machane Yehuda in the east, Machane Levi in the south, and Machane Ephraim in the west, Machane Dan in the north, and then inside of it you had Levim camped in the middle, and in the middle of the Levim was the Mishkan. Which means that from a particular perspective, the whole middle was Machane Leviat, but inside was like a more significant place, Machane Shchina, the, the Mishkan. But when you take the Mishkan down, all the materials are sitting in the Machane Leviah. Now, why did I mention that? Because um, in uh, in source seven, at the beginning of the eleventh parak, the Gemara asks, "What is the source for the prohibition of carrying at all?" And they quoted the pasuk that Moshe told the people to stop bringing you donations and they and the Gemara there they they infer that that actually happened on Shabbat they told them not to bring and where were they bringing it to they were bringing it to Machane Leviah and the Gemara defines that as the Rishut Rabim. and the question I asked last week was well wait a second they're bringing it from Machanei Ephraim isn't that Rishut Rabim? in other words isn't the problem carrying it within a Rishut Rabim, but the way that the Gemara redefines it is coming from the camp of Ephraim. For instance, Tamachane Eliaviah is going from private to the public, not just a long way in the public. And just keep that in mind because it's it's gonna it's gonna open up for us. Um, the last prefatory source, just to bring us back, we saw it last week, but we have to refresh it. Is this piece in Eruvin Dabzayin that said, uh, it talks about a road that goes to Rishit Ravim, how can you make an Eruv. And Rashi on the spot in source 10 says, Mashma rahav It has to be 16, I want wide. And We talked about our side streets. The And Rashi here also raises the issue of the number of 600,000, but he doesn't talk about 600,000 people passing there. He says 600,000 people living in that town. So a population of 600,000 makes it a Shutur Abim. Now, by the way, what we didn't talk about last week is 600,000 whom? Of whom? Choice one, 600,000 human beings. I don't care age, I don't care gender, and most critically, I don't care tribal identification, ethnic identity, or religion. 600,000 people. Possibility two, 600,000 Jews. ...possibility three, 600,000 adult Jews, and then if I really want to get finicky, 600,000 male Jews between the ages of 20 and 60, because that's what we had in the desert, and I could play with that all day. Now, if you take a look at the uh, the tour in the Shulchan Aruch, and again, this is just to finish up the review from last week, You'll see that he that he says as follows Azara shutarabim in the tour 12 who rakavot shaqim rakavim tadzanamat tadzanamat by the way have to be 16 by 16 which should be pretty easy it's pretty easy you know 16 on long is not a big deal Umfulashin mishar lashar he adds a second thing in which is they have to go from gate to gate which, by the way, what does that mean? Does that mean if you have an unwalled city, I don't care how many people you have and how big the road is, it's not Richard Dorbin because there's no gate? Or does it mean that uh, if you have a street that goes from one end of the town to the other? So now, again, going back to Manhattan, the, you do have one single street that goes like that. Now, I'm not going to count 34th, for instance, which goes from the Hudson to the East River. The only one I'm going to think of, I don't. I don't think I'm going to count that. What I am going to count is Broadway, because Broadway goes from the Battery all the way to past Dykman Street and all the way into the Bronx. So it does go from one end to the other. But in LA, you do not have a single street that could be that you could say that about. All right. So that you would not have it now. Freeways a different story. Okay. So just wanted to bring bring that to your attention. Now I want to show you one thing, and then we're going to focus on the Aruch Um as I mentioned last week, there are two great halachic works, there are a number of them, but two famous great halachic works that came out of Eastern Europe in the early part of the 20th century. Um, and they came out from two very different authors and two very different schools. Um, one is the Mishnah Brua, although nobody uh, would call it, people call it the Mishnah Brua, Mishnah Brua is based on a and Masachat Shabbat, Shalom Hatzu, Halakha Brura, Mishnah Echad, Mishnah a clear teaching and the Mishnah Br'ura, which was composed by Rabbi Yisrael Meir HaKohen, Kagan, uh, otherwise known as the Chafetz Chaim, died in 1934. Uh, the Mishnah Br'ura was an, is an elegant composition which was really intended to be a summary of all the opinions of the Akronim, on various questions, there's not a whole. Lot, there's some, but not a whole lot of dealing with modern issues. There's a little bit about trains and a little bit about about coffee and certain things that are relatively modern, but not a whole lot. uh And the Mishnah Berurah. So it's essentially when you look at the Mishnah Berurah, you read the Shulchan Aruch, and you get Rabbi Yosef Karo's opinion, which means you're going to get the the Riff Rambam and Rosh at most. Then you see the ramas so you're going to see the Maharil and a few other Ashkenazi Rishonim. And you look at Mishtaburah and you're going to get the full plate of the achronim since then. So the Taz and the Maaganevram and the Eliyahu Rabbah and the Voligon and the the Balatanya and all the great achronim and and where they came out and often what he does, his approach, and and just kind of an overview here, his approach was essentially to do a lineup of the achronim and if there was a particular question that was in the balance, to do a balance sheet. And wherever the majority of the Akronim's position lay, that was how you went. It was simply a, a census. And a famous example of that is here, although I didn't give the full text, where he exactly deals with the question of does Rashut Rabin require 600,000 or not? Because if it doesn't require 600,000, you can't make an roof in most towns. You can't. You can't make an Eruv in West LA. You can't make an Eruv anywhere in New York except in your own little neighborhood. Um, in other words, we're relying on this 600,000 definition to say, well, we don't have 600,000 people passing here every day using the tour's uh, the definition, and therefore it's only a karmelite, therefore we can put up a Nehruv, right? Because remember, you cannot put a Nehruv in a Okay, so so you see the Mishnah right here, um, and I'm going to just go read this particular paragraph here. Yeshomim, is quoting the Shishim Rosh. If there's not six hundred thousand people, then it's not a Rishu the Lahu, Sfira lehu, the lezeh and bar. These people consider this is that opinion that in in the numbers it also has to be like the desert, not just no roof. So he does deal with the problem. There were me- way more than six hundred thousand people in the desert because. We didn't count the Erev Rav that joined us. Of course, how long did they stick around? We don't know. And the women and the children. In other words, 600,000 was fighting men. And by the way, it also doesn't count Levi. Keep that in mind. said, Yeah, but we can't count what we don't know. We know 601,550, whatever. We don't know more than that. We don't know how many women, how many children there are. We could make sort of a statistic uh, estimate. You ready for this? So now watch what he's doing. He's saying the Shochan Aruch said a e Rishul is 16 Amot by 16 Amot and not roofed. And some people say that if it doesn't have 600,000 people, it's not Rishut Torabim. So the fact that Shochan Aruch wrote it that way It sounds like the Shochan Aruch doesn't really accept that The fact that he said, some say so, Mr. Brewer Mr. is interpreting, saying, So, in other words, he probably doesn't think that's the halacha. <mikom> makom ain banu <deyazoo> now, notice the way he says it and think about the reality. He's in the little shtut of Radin, but he's, he knows what's going on in Warsaw. He knows what's going on in Gdansk. He knows what's going on in Lvov. He knows what's going on in all the major Jewish cities that are big cities. We don't have the power to protest against those who rely because it's not just an isolated opinion he has a long paragraph in the where he goes through all the different sides meaning the, the two sides and, and and counts up who says what some also incline that way but he says somebody who's really a spiritually se- sensitive person it's a nice way of saying balnefesh will be careful on his own so what he's saying here is that this is his position that if you're balnefesh you will not personally rely on this leniency and if you have a street which is 16 on wide you consider it a shudder abim the eru covering it is no good you won't protest you won't say anything against the people who rely on it but you personally won't use it all right that's mr burr says Okay, then one parenthetic note is that at the end of this particular, just the part I quoted, and by the way, the this, si'if this is very big. I just quoted this particular one because I really wanted to get to, to here, which is where the real, real fun gets started. Um, the, the Shulchan Aruch quoted this opinion that said, and some people say it's not Rashid Arabim, unless there's 600,000 people passing there every day. So, so the Mr. Burr says, I looked at all the Rishonim who take that position, Toschot and Rashi in the tour, who take that position at 600,000. None of them said they have to be passing there every day. What did Rashi say? 600,000 people in the city. All right, and then he refers you to the Bir the Ramban, the Ritva, the Ran many many Rishonim disagree with this whole thing and say you don't need 600,000 uh, 16 by 16 is enough and they would invalidate our Irvin maybe 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 okay so at this point I just want to briefly introduce you to the Aruch HaShulchan the Aruch HaShulchan we've seen a little bit before by the way the Mishnah Brewer was only written on Aruch Chaim the Mr. the way we have it is in six volumes it's on Aruch Chaim which means the section of Shulchan Aruch that deals with daily, and the calendar, it is very common to see um, yeshiva guys. Uh, I'm sure some of you have seen this with your kids and grandchildren, uh, who among the sfarim that they have, they have the regular Gomorrah that they're doing that year, and they have a Mishnah Brewer. And the only question is, what chilek do you have? Chilek Aleph, or chilek chilek Gimel, oh, chilek Shabbat, oh, it's almost Pesach time, we have chilek which is chilek Pesach. Right, is fast and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot and and uh, and, and Megillah. So it, it's sort of broken down that way. And uh, again, you can sort of recognize what somebody's studying by which volume they're holding. And it's a very, very popular work and really beautiful. The Aruch HaShokhan, which is a play, of course, on the word Shokhan Aruch, was, uh, was written by uh, a slightly older colleague, Mikhail Michal Epstein, who was from Navardak. Um, and, uh, and you familiar with his son, who was the Baruch Epstein, who composed the Torah Tmimah. Um, and the Aruch HaShulchan was composed not only on all of Shulchan Aruch, also followed the same Simanim, the same paragraphs, but that's where the, the parallel ended. The Mishnah Burah is a commentary on Shulchan Aruch. So you open up a Mishnah Burah, you'll see Shulchan Aruch on top and underneath several commentaries, and then the Mishnah Beruah, and it will follow the same uh, numeration pattern of the Shulchan Aruch. The Aruch HaShulchan will use the same paragraph headings, so we're still in in Shin Mem He, in paragraph 345, but he has his own internal uh, logic, and the reason the Aruch HaShulchan was always the favorite in the higher yeshivot is because he presented the entire sugya from the beginning you know he presented the sugya and the gemara kind of like what we do here in She'er. he presented the sugya and the gemara the main opinions of the rishonim the main opinions of the achronim then his own discussion about it and so you were far more involved in the process of learning with him uh the Orcha Shulchan by the way was was composed on all of Shulchan Aruch although there was a fire at some point uh, where some parts of, uh, I think, uh, Yoradea were burned up. We don't have it on all of Yerodeah. The parts of Hosh are missing. He also wrote, by the way, a composition called Aruch Ha Ha'atid, where he has uh, halachot about uh, Zraim, like Trumot Hamas wrote, and things about Nizirut and all sorts of other things that aren't in any Shulchan Aruch, uh, anticipating Biat HaMashiach uh, and uh, rebuilding the Beit HaMikdash and return there to Israel. Okay. That's the Rachokan. Now, you you see what I mean, just i scrolling in front of you. You see that it's big. Right? You notice, by the way, that I started at paragraph 14. <laughs> like, you see what I left out. And uh the the first 13 are about the definition of Rashutachid. He starts here, Aizar Rushut Habim. What's the definition of Rashuta And I and I made those smaller, so just know that they're there, but we're not going to read them. And I went to paragraph 26 and that's about halfway through the through the Simon it, it just it it's beautiful it's great but i i really do want to make sure during the shiur to finish this topic and I, and i believe that his solution is ingenious i don't know that everybody agrees with it but i think it's an ingenious uh resolution but you'll see his motivation in, in critically. so let's start in chapter in in uh, paragraph 16 if you have any questions along the way just um hit a reaction button and i'll unmute you just because sometimes we have ambient noise and i got the request to mute everybody okay so he says as follows just see everybody here good okay good all right i'm in the yellow in tetzine Right? That we saw that. Some people think that if you don't have six hundred thousand people passing there every day, and by the way, in Los Angeles, you do not have a single place where that's true, especially today when nobody's outside anymore. But you certainly don't have any place where six hundred thousand people pass every day. The only thing you could posit is if you count cars, which is itself a machlokat of contemporary postgame, then you could argue that the four hundred five. Uh, maybe he has, but where does the 405 five? You know, the problem is, what were you putting your boundaries? Okay. and he quotes the tour. of rimbo in the yellow. V'zel Rashi, right? He points that that's Rashi. We saw Rashi. Since we learn everything of Shabbat from the Mishkan, it has to be like the Mishkan. And then he points out the problem, which is that. Well, wait a second. There were way more than six hundred thousand people because the white women and the children, etc. He says, "Okay, it's the same thing as Mr. Burrow, We only know what we, the numbers that we know." Good. Now, at the end of paragraph Zion, he says, "V'yeshmi rishonim A lot of people, a lot of rishonim, agreed with this idea. And again, this idea, and this, I want to catch on to, that you need six hundred thousand people to make it a shuter abim. If you do then our Aruvin are okay, if we can pass all the other tests. If you don't, meaning our Shutra beam is defined simply by being a, not, a publicly owned area that's big enough, then we're all in hot water. I mean, we don't, our Eruvin don't don't work. Okay, and It says, V'gama rift or Rambam lois By the way, the Rambam, as we saw, did make no mention of numbers. The Rift didn't either cards He said, and by the way, we've got a real problem that mm, this is never mentioned in Bavli or Yerushalmi. That's a big problem, and the 600,000 thing seems to come out of there. And now he raises the red flag. yal pi so according to that approach of the Rambam, have a kol heter eruvin sorry, according to that approach, it's the Tosvot, that you need 600,000. It's based on that, that the Eruvin in our cities ...work, our cities in Europe. ...none of our cities have six hundred thousand ...by the way, notice that means that the encampment of the Jews in the desert was bigger than any modern European city of the, 20, of the early 20th century. Okay, possible. ...therefore you can just put up the symbolic boundary and make an Eruv. ...according to the first approach. Since our streets are 16 a.m. wide, ain't shum heter, there is no permission. They are an absolute Rishut HaRabim, they have to have full doors around the whole city, they have to be locked in order to make it a Rishut achid, Not a common, Rishut achid. Not going to work at all, all right, and, uh, and now. So now, here's where you're going to see the halachist and the community rabbi in one person. Right? They did, not, they did not say that, remember what the Meshavar said, they did not say that you have to have 600,000 people passing there all the time. It's impossible. Remember how we started last week? So the Tsukim and When Nehemia says, Why are you bringing your things on Shabbat to sell them in your Zerot, And that's when they made the of Eruvin. There was only 40,000 people in your at the beginning. Well, by Nehemia's time, there was more. There weren't 600,000 people. So who's he yelling at? According to what you say, that's not Rosh Hashim. Do you think that they're yelling because they're violating a Durabanan and they made all sorts of rules because of that? This is his position. Now, I want you to see the yellow because I said this is where the halachist and the community rabbi come together. So I want to step back a second before getting to the yellow and talk a little bit about the history behind this. If you recall in the very first year we ever had, way back in the beginning of brachot, I spoke about the approach of Tosfot, which is courses through the history of Ashkenazi Psaq, which is driven by a whole lot of considerations, including if Am Yisrael is doing something, it must be right. And therefore, even if it seems to go against the letter of the law, there must be something there, either another opinion or another way to read it, that justifies it. If you recall, the very first topic that all the Rishonim address in Shas, first meaning uh, textually first, in Shas is saying Kriyat shall arvit before sunset. Everybody jumps on it, Rashi jumps on it, Toso jumps on it, everybody jumps on it, says how can we possibly say Mariv before sunset, which they all did, the whole world did, uh, if Zman Kriyat Shema, the Mishnah says, is after Tzaytah right? And Rashi said, because when we say Kriyat Shema in Shol, we're just saying it so that we say some words of Torah before, uh, before davening. And the Shema we say when we go to sleep, that's the real Shema, because that's already nighttime. Tosfot, if you recall, jammed Rashi with four different questions and then said the real reason is because we actually follow another opinion. Zman Kriyat Shema is way earlier, and that's the opinion that we follow. right? Perhaps Plagamincha, he comes up with all sorts of very interesting things. In the meantime, the position of Chachmei Bavel, of the Rosh Yeshivot in Bavel, and later of Chachmei Sfarad was hey, this is what it says. If you're not doing it, it's wrong. And these are two very clearly, it, it doesn't stay consistent in Ashkenaz and Sfarad, but two very clearly distinct and almost opposite approaches to Psak of saying, well, I know what the text says, but I see what people are doing. There must be some justification for it, or I see what the text says, the people aren't doing it, they're wrong, and we have to correct them. If we can, not watch what the Yorcha says. Remember, he was also the Rav of the community, in the yellow at the bottom of Yod Chet. V'ya'an ki mitzvah v'chovah, Yisrael, it is an obligation and it is a great mitzvah to find merit in the behavior of B'nei Yisrael, is I decided I'm going to look and figure out what the Heter is that allows us to have these Eruvin, considering that so many we shown him say you don't need 600,000 people, and yet everybody's carrying in Warsaw and all the towns. There must be some, there must be, get it? there must be some way to find a shud. So here's what he says. It is just, oh, it's gorgeous. And again, I'm not sure you necessarily have to agree with it, but it just Brilliant. It's a big build-up, I'm sorry. So this is what I think. Right, the Gomorrah asked the question, where do we see caring from? Moshe told them not to bring from where they were. Moshe, where was Moshe? Moshe was in Machan and he said, don't bring from your Rishutei Achid to my Rishutei Rabbim. Right, good now. Here's what he asked about that Gomorrah. My Why are they mentioning that Moshe's camp, the capital of Levim, was Rishut Rabim. The whole camp of the Jews was Rishut Rabbim. It's, it's all a big public area. And by the way, there's no fence around it. And it's a huge camp, which is 12 miles square misudar galim you know, flags in the different directions, the groups in different directions, smol good. V'chol ha-machaneh right, they're either in a diamond or in a square. Can ha-machaneh His point is, I don't understand what Moshe is saying to them. Don't bring from your rishut ha to me here in the Machane levia, which is rishut They're also, that's what I asked before, they're also in You can't say that what he really meant was the minute you take it out of your tent and you're outside the tent, it's already carrying. Why does the even have to say Moshe's camp was Shutter Abim? It's a simple thing. If Moshe says to the people, stop bringing stuff, and he's saying it on Shabbos, that's because the minute they carry something outside their tent, they carried. But it doesn't say that. He said, don't bring it from your house to my Rishut Rabim. Alright? oil All Alright. Now watch his definition. This is what Rishut Rabim is. And I don't want to tell you how, how exciting it is to find this. Not because I'm looking for it, because it's just so brilliant. He says, by definition, not by size, not by circumstance, not by number, by definition, a city can only have one Rishito Rabim going east-west and one Rishito Rabim going north-south, Zehu. Zehu which means according to his definition, if you're going to take 34th Street, I, I think 34th Street is likely the best candidate because uh, it's fairly busy all the way across Manhattan. New Yorkers, am I am I speaking the truth here? Okay, uh, you might say 42nd, I don't know. Uh, 59th maybe, could be. But, and Broadway, and that's it, which means by definition, 6th Avenue can't be Rashid Rabim because there can't be more than one going on the north-south axis and if it's 34th Street, then it can't be 42nd because there can't be more than one going on an east-west axis. I don't know, you guys want me to pick Fulton, Fulton Street in Brooklyn, but okay. Now, um, and he says, there can only this is what he thinks it is. Okay, now, he said, what makes it Rashut Harabim? It's that all the Rabim are coming there. In other words, it's Rashut Harabim, he's defining the hay as saying it is the singular Rashut Rabim. And by definition, every city can only have one of those. He says one going in, in each on each axis. Um, yeah, Bill. You can press your space. I think button. I think you I think you just answered my question. Oh, good. Okay. Why you can only have one. I don't know why you can only have one. So he, it, 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 you'll see what he's saying. Watch, watch how he says it. Okay, so he says, of uh, vote and he goes back to the urban setting of the Gomorrah, which of course we talked about earlier because you can't understand Eruvin without understanding their their city plan. What was, what was their city like? Their city was made up of little mevoot, little alleyways, small streets. Each alleyway had multiple chatserot. Remember, it was you'd walk down an alley. We've described it. You walk down an alleyway, a side street, whatever you'd call it, and you wouldn't see houses. You would see a gate, and the gate would open up into a chatser. And the chatser would have a few houses and a common courtyard. Right? And each chatser had to make his own Eruv. And if they wanted, all the chatserot on that street could make a big shituf of the mavui. And they could all carry in the whole area. Right? That's what it looked like. And then, these were all cul-de-sacs, meaning they were all dead-end streets. Dohini, south of Kashyyyah. But the middle of the city had one big street. And all the side streets emptied into that street. Now, it's a little hard for us to picture this, but I'm going to take you for a minute to the old city. Okay? Why not? Nigel's already there. Take you to the old city. Okay? If you're walking down Rechov you know what that is? That's the Shuk. If you go in Shariafo and you go straight, and you start walking down those steps, going down to the mm-hmm. hotel, the, 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 down the steps way, you are on what in that town is a main street. Now, if you look, off, people often will do this. If you look, you'll see side streets going off, off. And some people know that there's some really, really cool things that are there and they go off on those. But those are side streets. There's a main street that goes through and a side street. And a lot of the residences in the old city in different neighborhoods are on those side streets, and you go there, and then you've got a, a, a dead end and a bunch of houses. Now, it might not be a dead end. It depends, you know, what part of the old city and when, when it was designed and all. But that's what he's talking about. That's what it looked like. And so he says, by um, um, the main street, of course, cut through all the way now watch this if you wanted to go to another city you're in Surah and you want to go to Nardea you're in Sipori and you want to go to Tveria you're in Yerushalayim and you want to go to Yafo you can't go down a side street where do you have to go? by definition you have to go to the main street there's nowhere else to go the there was also a big plaza in the middle. She Sham That's where everybody got together to buy and sell. Shut So the Shutt so Rabim says, Ham uh, Rabim, he says, Hamakom Haechad. Sham. The single place that everybody goes to. And by the way, in LA, we do not have a place like this. We do not. LA just is not a pedestrian city. It's too big of a city. You don't have that. But in, in, uh, in a Moshav, in a Kibbutz, you do have that. It's usually like something near the Bay Knesset, you know, some place where they all gather. That's where they all sit on the lawn for Sudash, the and, and sing beautifully. All right, uh, small yeshiva communities have this, small yeshuvim have typically an area, if anybody knows Alon Shvut, the Merkaz, Why is it called, the Merkaz, right near where the bank and the makolat and the post office, that's a big area. And if there's ever going to be a meeting of the whole village, it'll be there right, or somewhere in the center, right? So that's the platya, that's the main center, right? So what he's saying essentially is you have to take the model of the small town and enlarge it, but not change the scope. So the scope is one way out of town and one central meeting place, and that's Rashut HaRabim, with the He HaYidiya, the public area, right? And so now at the, in the next paragraph he says, Um, Now we understand it. In the desert, they didn't have little alleyways. They had open streets, you know, between the tents. How did Shevet Don leave the camp? They went out through somewhere in the north. How did Shevet Ephraim? They went out. They went a different way. They had their own ways out, right? therefore you did not have a situation where every there was one place that would be called Rashut HaRabim in the camp because um, because everybody went out a different way right that's the, that's the notion all right however wait a second um, however um Zulat Machane what was the one place that was common to everybody where everybody had to go? The Machane Why? Yisrael Rabenu. Everybody had to go to Moshe for instruction, for give, you know, bring gifts to the Mishkan, whatever it is. He said the Gemara makes it clear that Machane was the only Rashut Rabbim, the only public area. Right? And so um, and so he says, that that's how it plays out. So now, he says, so in our town, we have through streets all the way, he's living in, in modern, right? but every city has a lot of streets and they go all the way through. Let me ask you a question. If there were no freeways, how would you go to Ventura? So I would take PCH and I would take PCH, and I'd go up PCH. Other people would take Laurel Canyon and get on Ventura Boulevard and take it out of the valley. Other people would take Sepulveda and go up to the North Valley and cut across. There's a lot of different ways to get out of L.A. A lot of people are still looking, but, right? So he says, therefore, there is no Reshut Rabim, because there's no Reshut harabim. rabim now notice what he says, platya in its lane. We also don't have a common plaza in our towns. We all have marketplaces. There's a lot of different streets. I mean, think about today. A lot of different streets where there's marketing going on. And there's even businesses that aren't in the shuk. Which means today, we actually have less of a shutarabim than they had in their day. All right. And he, go, he, he continues on. I'm going to leave it at this point because I'm, I'm going to bring it together. But as, as the Aruch HaShohan, you have much more there, um, and uh, and and if you have a chance to to look it over, it's really brilliant. But here's what I to, to summarize what I br- want to bring up. The Aruch HaShohan is dealing with first of all a reality. The reality is that Am Yisrael, by and large, use Eruvin in modern cities. Eruvin in modern cities have to rely on some. Form of the argument that without a minimum amount of people there it's not a Rashutar Rabim. It's a carmelide, right? And therefore we can make an A roof. Rishutarabhim can't make an A roof. And everybody realizes that to do that you are walking on very thin ice because it's not mentioned anywhere in the Gomorrah, this idea of six hundred thousand. Rashi mentioned it, but he says six hundred thousand people living in the city, which would, by the way, scotch it for LA, Chicago, New York, etc., and Tel Aviv. Um, and soon it's a Shem Um and but even that, mo, many rishonim many of the great rishonim whose opinions we always take very, very seriously and very heavily, don't make any mention of this of six hundred thousand. The says, but wait a second, Am Yisrael's doing it. There, there must be some justification for it. So he comes up with a whole different approach that really has nothing to do with 600,000, nothing to do with 16 Amot, nothing to do with gate to gate, sort of. He says, and my proof is in the, in the Gemara. It's in the original source in the Gemara that says, how do we know caring's prohibited? And it quotes Moshe Rabbeinu saying, don't bring stuff. He said, don't bring any more gifts. The Gomorrah understands that that was on Shabbat. And the Gomorrah then puts into Moshe Rabbeinu's mouth the saying, don't bring things from your Rishut Ha'achid to my Rishut And he asks a very simple question. The minute they walk out of their tent with a gift they've already carried, why does it come from the Machane and And he says, it must be that every area, every city, every encampment, has one Rishut HaRabim one Rishwetar Abim. So it's not just where there's a lot of people, it's the place that everybody goes. It's either the place where everybody travels or it's the place where everybody congregates. And so therefore, with freeways, if I were to ask you, and by the way, this is an interesting problem. If I were to ask you, how do people get out of LA East? With freeways, you'd say the 10. And then I'd say, "Mm, not so quick. I take the 60. Not so quick, I take the 210, by the way, I do prefer those, right? So even there, according to his definition, even those wouldn't be Rashid Arabim because it's not the single way out of town. So what he's done is he's come up with a whole redefinition of Rashid Rabim, which on the one hand relies on the model of the desert, and on the other hand sort of sidesteps the specific definitions that were given and says, taking a look at the original Gemara about this, it seems to define Rashid Rabim as the single place where all members of that community come to. So if there's only one road out of town, that's Rashut If there's only one road through town, that's Rashut If there's only one gathering place, that's Rashid Rabim. We don't have that anymore. And he said, therefore, all of our Erovin are relying on the fact that we don't just don't have Rashut Rabim at all anymore. It's a brilliant analysis. Again, someone could you certainly disagree with it, but I don't think anybody could fail to be impressed by the brilliance of it. That's uh just my take on it. Hold on one second. And